We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is, 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 with Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm Giancarlo Navas, and not with me is Brian Goins. Brian is busy not being a good co-host. So here we have two uh, guests from heatbeatmiami.com. We have Harrison, whose last name I can't pronounce. Harrison, how do you say your last name? Citrin. I can't yet. Like, I couldn't read that. Like, it's so weird. You'll see it in the description. It's the weirdest spelled. How many people butcher your last name? It's been butchered since I've been born, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we have Jack Alfonso, whose name is much easier to pronounce. Uh, welcome, yeah, Jack. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. I can spell that. All right. I don't even have to, like, when I put your uh, your Twitter things in the, when you write articles, I can just, like, type yours manually, unlike Harrison's. I have to, like, copy and paste. This is impossible. I thought it was, like, a joke last name for... <laughs> no, if you it's 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 Polish. If you had an A to the end, Citrina is lemon in Polish. So Harrison Lemon, if it makes you feel better. <laughs> it's hard, man. Yeah. So here we have uh we have we're gonna start. Um I wanna talk about the last game of the season because it was hilarious. Like it was fun. Like Henry Walker played forty plus minutes. Like what was the funniest thing for you guys watching that game? Um, for me personally, it's Michael Beasley going off. I think he had 38 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, two blocks, and two steals. That hasn't been done since Dwayne Wade in 2011, if I recall correctly. It's crazy. Harrison, what'd you like? I mean, Jack's bringing the stats, but I really, really enjoyed the uh, Henry Walker shimmy after he hit that three. It was oh, just Adam like. Walker. Uh, <laughs> He knew uh, he knew it was coming in. He yeah, brought back the Antoine Walker. So, you think, uh, do you think he knew he was doing the Antoine Walker? He just did something. Nah, he just was feeling it, man. When you hit a big shot like that, I think you just do whatever the hell you want, and then you deal with the consequences afterwards. Was that a big shot? Like, can we put big shots in quotations? Like, 
I think anytime you hit a shot, a game-winning shot in an NBA game, you can call it a big shot, especially when you were playing in the uh, in the D League for the whole year. I think, yeah, I think you can call it a big shot. Do you think they knew the Nets were winning at that point? I think they heard in the third quarter. Yeah. Or around then, they heard the Nets were up ten, and they had to be. Let's go out and win this guys. Well, I don't know. They win now. Yeah, I mean it was. Oh, sorry. Go, 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 go. No, go. No, it was because they were really – they brought on – it was an epic third quarter in that game. I mean, I thought they might have heard that the uh, the Nets were losing, so they were like, we got to get this close, just make it. And and then uh, they kind of turned it on at the end. But, yeah, what were we at by 18, 19 points? It was just – it was an epic third quarter for the for the Heat season. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but it's I'm like scoreboard watching. I, I, I fell victim to wanting them to lose. And um, I, I was like, man – this, is this the only game they're going to hold the lead in? Like, this is going to be it. This is going to be the only game that these people don't blow a double-digit lead to a bad team. I was worried about that, too. I was thinking for a while because I saw Brooklyn's losing to Orlando. I was How like, that happen? they are finally going to hold a lead, and it's going to be when we don't need them to. That was going to be the ultimate, of course. Like, the season yeah. of, of course, that was going to be... <laughs> Turned out good though. Yeah. Game. Would you be offended if like you're playing in that game? Like <laughs> Like as a player, like you must be like, man, like they know, right? Like they know. They have to. <laughs> right, like man, ah, that must feel so I mean like it's cool, like you get the stage to yourself, you play forty minutes, that part's fun, but like when coach tells you like y'all are playing, like six of you and you're like, Okay, well what about the other guys? Nah, no, nah, that's okay, it's okay. They can't get hurt. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> like Hassan, Hassan and Hassan's a young guy and he didn't play. And it's like, well which which by the way, that guy has kept up pace since January. Like, he's kept it up and built on it, like, all year. And that was so surprising to me. I mean, for me, I see, I thought it was interesting because I listened to Levitard a lot on the radio, and it was funny that he was just doubting Hassan the whole time. His skill set is not that hard to duplicate, right? It's the guy's an incredible uh, shot blocker, can re- goes up and rebounds the basketball. He's actually – you see him fighting with teammates for the ball. He always wants the basketball. He's and, then, and then his skill set on offense is, is really good. I mean – his footwork's good. He needs to work on that a little bit. But he's got, got a nice baby hook. He's got good moves around the basket, can catch the ball, which can't remember the last time I've had a big guy that can actually catch the ball and finish at the rim. Um, yeah, he, he's great. I think what the Heat have to worry about with him is how much money he's going to command the season after. Well, I guess I guess the question coming up is, like, how much better can he get? And, like, if he gets – like, we saw – I mean, it was very clear how much better he was offensively. Um, you know, next year when he has better defensive players around him and when he has an offseason to work, how much better can he get that you're the Heat? You're like, I can't let him walk no matter what. I think if he duplicates this and – I don't see any reason he shouldn't. Um, they have to pay him as much money as he wants. There's This kind of big man is so rare in the NBA right now. Um, you don't get a seven-footer who can catch, make jump hooks, block shots like Dikembe Mutombo and 
just dominate. He's facing up. Like he faces, like he catches the ball. Like if he doesn't get the position he wants, he faces up and he'll take a dribble and and turn around and and get into. But like that, like to me, has been the most impressive thing. Like when he doesn't catch the ball where he wants, he gets into the position he needs to by his footwork and with a dribble or whatever. Like that's amazing to me. Yeah, I agree with Jack. If uh, if Hassan duplicates what he does this season next year, you pay him whatever. I mean, I think you can build a pretty good squad around uh, Goran, Whiteside, Bosch, and then I assume Wade will come back for probably another year or two after this contract ends. And you can build around those guys. I think Hassan's one weakness on offense is just, man, that guy will not pass out of any kind of double-triple team. Black so that's ball, the man. that's something he just needs to work on. you know. And it's something he can work on. I, I don't think he's... I know he doesn't have a lot of assists. I also don't think that means he's a bad passer. It's just something you need to think about when – I think as the more touches he gets, the more comfortable he'll be with kicking it back out, knowing he'll get the ball again. I just think it's more of like, I might not get the ball again. Let me do something with this touch rather than let me kick it back out to a teammate. I mean, with him, I mean, the offense is there. You're at the passing. And also, like, who is he going to pass to out of the post this year? Like – there are times that yeah you had like Drogic weak side open and yeah like but like no, he's like I'm not passing to Henry Walker like that's another thing to think about like if they have a better shooter or better options on the floor to pass out of that 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 post I think that that might also change things a little bit too. I think if you give him the summer to work with the training camp, work in training camp with, um, you know the roster, get comfortable with it. Um, he knows he has a secure spot in the on the team. And I think part of it was his limited touches. You just, you got to take advantage of it every time and score whenever you get the chance. But I think as he works with the team this summer, gets more comfortable in his role, he'll be more comfortable passing. Maybe that's just my assumption. Would you want to run offense under him? Because I've heard that discussion being thrown around a lot, especially when you have Bosch coming back next year and coming off Wade's year and you're going to have Drogic. Like, is that going to be a guy that you want to run offense through well, in games? I see. I think you could run the offense through him, but you brought up a good point before. It's, it's the confidence to kick that ball back out because you can send him to the post, but the postman has to do a couple things. One, is he in a good position to get a shot? Two, is he in a good – if he doesn't like the position, can he pass it back out to repost? And I think that's something where he just needs to learn. Reposting is important as a, as a big man. You get a position you don't like, pass it back out, repost down low. And then two, yeah, why not? If you can kick it out to Bosch or uh, Dang or – I really hope the Heat – we can talk about him in a little, but really need to get some shooters this offseason. Yeah, if you can kick it out to a guy in the corner – you can run the offense through him. It's something that they weren't comfortable with this year, but with the po- uh, with the training camp and preseason, it is a possibility, especially with his dominance down low. I mean, and I also want to talk about him defensively because, like, I think as good as he's been on offense, I think the defense has kind of slipped a little bit. Um, you know, obviously he's had to be less aggressive with more minutes. But um, I mean, I mean, you, we, I think we've all seen at times. Sometimes he'll really miss a rotation badly. He's too focused on boxing out a guy that he'll let a guy go to the rim. I think we've seen that a couple times. Like, did you see anything on defense that you're like, okay, that guy has to get better at that because that can't happen anymore? I think part of it was just conditioning. I mean, he hasn't played that many minutes ever, and I'm sure his legs got tired. He's getting back down in the post pretty easily. And that's definitely something he needs to work on this summer. And as for him just missing a guy, um, 
driving to the rim. I think part of that is he had Udonis Haslam next to him instead of Chris Bosh. I mean, that's a big downgrade. No offense to Udonis, but no, yeah. I think definitely having that guy next to you next year should be huge for him. It just will make him look better all around. Roberts and Bosh, by the way, because McRoberts yeah, and Bosh definitely. had like a defensive rating of 95 at the time that they spent together, and that's like it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it might have slipped a little bit. I don't know if you're talking about, like, post-hand injury or, or before. I mean, because I, I noticed a drop-off after the injury, but I think he was just just really concerned about uh, not trying to get hurt. He was really, really protecting the hand in, in almost every aspect. And when, when plays were kind of when – when he first came in, he would attack everything. Anyone that came to the rim, he went after. And after the injury, he kind of scaled it back a bit. If someone was going to the rim, he might have let them go just to make sure that he didn't uh, cause any further damage to that hand. Well, that was another thing. Like he, I mean, he actually had a couple injury problems. He had the, he had the ankle stuff, and then he had the hand stuff, and he missed a, he missed quite a few games for a guy that came halfway through the season. So, I mean, we have we still haven't seen him 100% healthy. For like from when he really started to prove his offensive game, we haven't really seen him 100% healthy because his hand, he had a his hand in a glove. Yeah, I don't think that's something to. Well, no, it, that was <laughs> we nobody wanted to trip over somebody else, so I stopped, and it was like sometimes sometimes it's lag from because we're doing this podcast on Google Hangouts, so we can all. So sometimes it's like at that time it was like, well, are you gonna go? Or am I gonna go? <laughs> I've been cutting people off the whole time, so I'm just waiting now, and then uh, that's kind of what I'm doing. Oh my god! Oh, it'll it'll come it'll come as as time goes on. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Well, he's going to get more minutes with better players, and I know we talked about that. And not only on defense, but on offense, like he's going to get more reps with Bosch and McRoberts. Like that McRoberts high-low game is going to be really nice. Definitely. I mean, I'm really excited to see what Spolstra does this um, this summer with all these new healthy guys. I mean, <laughs> you just look at last year who he had in um, training camp. He didn't have McRoberts. I mean. Dragic and Whiteside weren't on the team yet. It was just kind of – it wasn't at all what it is now. And I know Harrison hates Spolstra, but I think he's an X's and O's genius. And give him the summer to work around this roster, and he maximizes that talent. Yeah, I I don't – okay. Well, let me just clear the air here. I definitely don't hate Spo. Uh, I think he's one of the better coaches in the NBA. I think he has flaws that uh, that seem to come out more often than not. But I mean, if you're taking coach in the NBA, I don't know. You're probably taking Spo right after Pop. So it's not that I hate Spo. I just I've watched this guy for many many years. I've met Spo before in person. I just think that like he's. There are just times where he gets stubborn with his rotations or, or there's just so much loyalty to a player like, don't even get me started on a Mario Chalmers or something like that. And it's just, um, it gets bad. So, no, I don't hate Spo. I think he's an excellent basketball coach. I think there's just some times where he needs to adjust and he's a little slow. That's more of my Spo issue. Do you not like, like, hold on, wait a second. Like, I've, and I've heard that before and sometimes it's visible, but, like, I thought in the finals, especially against San Antonio for the, first, the you know, the time that they won, I thought that he did as good a coaching job as Pop in that series. I thought every game he made an adjustment and it worked, and, and they really did go back and forth. And, like, I, I mean, I think that that's one of his better coaching jobs against the best coach in the league. 
sure. I mean, he did, he did a nice job that series. We, we you know we made adjustments. We we played better, but I think like. Man, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a negative person. I think of the times where it didn't go that well. Like uh, Rick Carlisle ran circles around him in the in the Dallas series, and yeah, you can you could literally blame that entire series on LeBron. Just I don't know what happened. Yeah, no, well, you'll I, never I think it is on him. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, you, you'll never be able to convince me what happened. I've never seen the best basketball player in the world just stand in a corner like he was legitimately afraid. But I don't know uh, about afraid, but like they like self combine. I don't know. I can't explain it. Like I watched, and I've seen film on that like today. And after Wade got hurt, like it just like, like you yeah. Would, oh, this is not a visual medium. Wow, that was funny for for the audience. <laughs> I did a I, I with we're on video chat, and I did uh, like a plane with my hand and like crashing and burning. And I like it hit on the like, wait, you guys as the audience can't see that only Jack and, and Harrison. <laughs> No, no, listen, listen. So let me just – just to be clear, seriously, I think Spo is a very, very good coach. There aren't that many good coaches in the NBA. There's not that many. I mean I think I can name maybe maybe five to seven. I just really don't like that many coaches in the league. Even even guys that get a lot of credit like a Thibodeau, I think the way he manages minutes is just absurd. And I think he's had a lot to do with a lot of injury problems on that team. Well, I don't think he's very good either. Like, That's are terrible. Like what has he done? I think I think he's a he's very good defensively, and so that's what he was the big reason why the Celtics yeah, won the ring. What he was with. best defensive players forty minutes a game. Like yeah, that's, you're gonna be good in defense when you do that. I think I think the issue with coaching in sports is like it's really hard to separate the two because obviously you need the players to play well in order for the coach to get credit, and you need so when a coach designs an amazing play, for example, out of a timeout, if the guys don't execute, why would the coach get credit for something that didn't work out? But the coach can no, still be good at designing the play, and so. I think that's kind of where, you know, it's it's a very chicken, you know, chicken or the egg argument because you don't know which one it is. But I think Spoh's got a good basketball mind, and I think he's a smart guy, and he's done a. Re- I think he did an amazing job managing personalities on the Heat team the last four years. Now it's about we got to get rotations together, um, got to play the right guys at the right time. And man, if if Dwayne Wade's going to chuck up shots at the end of the game, you can't put the ball in Dwayne's hands. I'm telling, like it just can't happen. Wait, I, I have to ask you guys something. Uh, I believe it was the Orlando game when uh, Spo sat Hassan in the fourth quarter, like the last five minutes, and Wade was just like he was the spirit of Kobe Bryant. Like, do you guys know the game I'm talking about? It's like last time season, we, we we lost that game though by one, right? No, they won. There was a, it was the last game of the season that Miami played. The last uh, home game against uh, Orlando. Okay. You, do you guys remember that? And at the end of the game, Wade was just every time he got the ball, he was shooting. He's been doing that a lot recently, and when it works, it's beautiful basketball. Portland game's evidence of that, but I feel like half the time, or more than half the time, it's just not working. His mid-range jumper's not falling, and it looks ugly. Yeah, see, that's why I thought... Oh, sorry. No, go, go. I thought you were talking about I was at this Orlando game that we lost by one at home and Wade was incredible in the fourth quarter and then the last two minutes everything he had been doing was going well so he kept doing it and he took three terrible shots in a row and he ended up losing by one to Orlando. I so it's that, yeah. yeah, so it's you really gotta be you want Wade to do well and shoot but you, Wade's better when he's creating. That's Dwayne Wade, man. When he's driving to the hole and kicking out to other guys and taking the shot when it's there, that's the Dwayne Wade you want. When it's just shooting, you know, 20 footers, it's just not it's not as good as it can be. 
I was shocked on how bad his mid-range shot had been all year. I think it was like 39%. I did a piece on that for Heat Beat, and I was looking at his mid-range. And, like, I think we can all say that, I mean, without the data, at least I thought the mid-range looked pretty good. And I'm like, he's shooting 39% from mid-range? Like, really? Like, that, that's awful. He takes some really bad ones, though. I don't think that's indicative of his talent as a mid-range shooter. That's just his shot selection late games. He's Wait, I've been like forced into like to the, some bad ones. The bad shots, like I was thinking, were those like those turnaround fadeaways that he's he shooting fifty six percent on. Like yeah. I couldn't believe that. Like that's a shot. I'm like, why are you taking that? And it's he's really good at it. I, and, I um, oh sorry, no go. I, I see. I think the issue sometimes with weight is, well, like Jack saying shot uh, shot selection. Additionally, it's. It's when it's like in the flow of the offense, right? Sometimes you just like come down and pull up for two, and you're just thinking, that's a terrible shot, even if it goes in. So see, the pull up, what he's good at, he's shooting, he's shooting over fifty percent on pull up jumpers, and and I, I'm looking at the shot chart, like he's good on those pull up shots. It's like I'm talking about the step backs and just those flat footed jumpers that he takes are, is what's bad. Like those those jumpers that he comes off the the pick, and he'll go to his left, and then he'll shoot. Like why are you taking that? Like you're not good at that. Like that's that's more my problem. See, I don't know. I've coached basketball for many, many years, so my issue is more there are even when shots go in, they might necessarily not be good shots, right? I remember, man, when we had LeBron, he just like pulled for three, and you're thinking that is a stupid shot, and it would go in, and that ends up hurting the offense because you think that's good, and and that you'll keep doing that, but but the statistics are not there, and so. I think a lot of it is in the flow of the offense. Like when Wade is off the ball, which I think he really needs to work on this summer, especially because I assume Dragic coming back, Wade off the ball is incredible. And so what he did the last three years with LeBron is some of the best, you know, ch- changing your game of basketball I've ever seen. And he became so good at it. Wade and Dane got to cut off the ball for Dragic, and that's only going to make the, te- the team better. And it's something that he needs to continue to work on and cut down a little bit on the mid-range shots, in my opinion. Well, what do you do with this? Um, for he's, I think, um, for anybody his age, over 30 years old, there's only five players that have had a higher usage percentage than him at his age. So, Jack, what do you do with that? Like, he's being asked to do an unprecedented amount at his age. Do you think that has to – I mean, it does play into why he takes bad shots, but it is – like, I, I don't know. What do you do with that? Well, I don't think that was the plan going into this season. I think definitely the workload is – not it's far from ideal, but you just look at the injuries they had. McRoberts was supposed to be a huge part of the offense. You got Bosch, who was supposed to be working at working off the um, elbow constantly. That was taken away from you. And then mid-season, you trade for Goron, and he's supposed to be the main guy on offense now. But you can't just push him into a system he doesn't know and tell him to run everything. It takes time to get that cohesion and chemistry. I think next season, you know, with health assumed, he he should have a much lower usage, hopefully. I mean, that's just... Do you think Goran played well? Because, like, I know we know Goran's a good player, but do you think because there were a lot of times that I I was watching, and I'm not saying that Goran Dragic is a Goran Dragic is a very very good basketball player. Do you think he played well, like in his time with Miami? 
I uh, I sense a loaded question, and I, I feel it from the way you no, asked. Um, I mean, the answer is yes. He played well. Uh, did he play as well as he could have? No. And that comes a lot from literally being thrown into a new system halfway through the season, more than halfway through the season. Uh, you're talking about uh, trying to work with Wade, and even though Wade is not a selfish basketball player, uh, working with Dwayne Wade is not the easiest thing in the world. You saw that uh, the, when LeBron came, that they needed a season to figure out how the hell to work together uh, because they, they literally took turns that first year. It was Wade, LeBron, Wade, LeBron. It was kind of similar with Drogic and Wade. Drogic needs the ball in his hands. Wade likes it in his hands, but Wade's got to learn to be to go more off the ball. It's going to make them both better basketball players. And I think – I know this is crazy hyperbole and you guys are going to laugh at me. I don't know if I've seen a point guard finish uh, at the rim better than Goran Drogic in my life. So I'm 27 now. I've seen a lot of point guards play in the NBA. The man is crafty as hell at the basket, and I I mean you could tell by the, the percentage he shoots at the rim, but it's just – it's absurd. So, yeah, he played well. Could he play better? Of course. And an offseason with the Heat is only going to make him better. And I love his game for the Heat. I think uh, I bought a shirt. I'm all in on Goran Dragic. So. Yeah, I got his shirt. He's all in. Yeah. I, that's, what, that's how you know. What do you do with 16 points, 17 points on 12 shots with five assists and 26 games for the Heat? Like, what do you, like, what do, you do with that? I don't think that's – I think those numbers are kind of misleading. I think, like Harrison said, it's just he was shoved into a new system. Um, Working with Wade is – I think he'll be a good fit with Wade, but you could see multiple times he'd pass to a wide-open Wade beyond the arc and expect Wade to shoot it, and that's not Wade's game, obviously. And as he learns that, I think they'll work well together – and those numbers will go up inevitably. And about that hyperbole, I think I agree with it, honestly. Oh, I have take. to go through the list. He, I'd say, just as a qualifier, he's the best below-the-rim finisher I've ever seen. Just, what does that mean, below-the-rim finisher? He's not a high flyer. He's not Russell Westbrook throwing it down. He's doing layups and just finishing through traffic instead of, you know, Rising over people, posterizing people. Is he the best white finisher? <laughs> yeah, he's the best white guy finisher I've ever seen. No, you're not <laughs> yeah, make it about race. Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about race. Yeah. 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 Sure, man. The Slovenian. He's European, uh, man. He's strong, but, though. Like, I, I'm always yeah. surprised. Deceptively strong. But do you mean what is it – sorry, did you mean like what it meant for the Heat as a player or like what what contract he's going to demand this offseason? Were you getting well, to actually, offseason stuff? funny that you say that and that I want to get into. Like if – let's say Drogic says, I want to max or I leave. Like do you give it to him? No, 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 Jack, no. Jack's shaking his head. Oh, so that's funny. <laughs> no. I, com- I completely disagree. All right, Jack, let's go. Well, a max contract, I don't know how much – that would take up exactly, but if you want any flexibility for the future, that kind of ruins you. I don't think he demands a max contract. I think he demands close to one, a lot of money. I'm fine with paying him a lot of money, but I don't know about a max contract. I don't think well, he'll ask for it, but it's just like, what if he does? I don't think he does. I think if he does, that's complicated. Going to have to try to talk him down, but... 
I'm glad I'm not. I'm not the GM, and that would. Harrison, like, I'd have to think wants, about that. Harrison, if he wants a max, what do you do? Like do you. Yeah, you give it to him. It's not even a question. Like you give up two draft picks to get him. You would. You wouldn't have given up two draft picks for half a season. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's here's what I'm thinking. The fifth year's huge that Miami can offer him. That's just big. So. I think the max numbers are like five at 105. That's a lot of money for Goran Dragic, right? But yeah. So maybe you offer him lower. Maybe you do like a five for eight, like a like a James Harden deal, like a five for 85 or something. Or what was James Harden? Five for 90, something like that, right? Yes. A little lower, a little lower than the max. Um, he'll probably take that. Miami is a great place to live. Um, it's a great place to be. No income state tax, which if you, if you really did want New York or L.A., that's a huge advantage that you have, and it's a leveraging tool. And well, he knows because he, he played in Houston, so he knows how that no state tax works. Yeah, no, I, of course. And it's also – no one leaves Pat Riley. There's there's one guy well, that left well, Pat well, Riley. Wait, wait, I mean, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's one crazy person who left Pat Riley to go back to freeze his ass off. James uh, Jones. Uh, I, miss you know, I miss him up so in, much. Up in Cleveland, but no, no one leaves. It's just it doesn't happen. People stay here forever. Well, they used to say that about the Lakers too, and then Dwight's like, "Bye." Like, yeah, but it, but it wasn't. But you look at the man. Every heat game I go to, I got I got Alonzo Mourning sitting right here. I got you know Tim was always there before before his son started playing for the Knicks. So maybe he'll maybe they'll come down to the Heat eventually. But Haslam will be you know Haslam's got a job afterwards. Wade can do whatever he wants. This is it's truly a Heat family, right? I mean, the the ads this year have been a little annoying with the uh, Heat lifer. I think it's how bad are those commercials? How bad are they? I just girl, I feel like they, that girl and then the guy with the hats. I just feel like they ask people who aren't actually heat lifers. They should actually find people that are heat, are heat lifers. But so bad. I'm it's uncomfortable when I watch good. them. I, mean, I know get, what – oh, sorry. Oh, I was just saying they should get Spoon to go on a rant about why he's a heat <laughs> I hate box scores and Jeffrey Lloyd. <laughs> I know you guys. I think I think that guy makes sense. I know I know he's a crazy person, but uh, I like him. Yeah, he makes sense. he's crazy. <laughs> um, he's like he's mad salty, man. That guy hates hard. Like he, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, yeah. He okay. backed me up after Omar Kelly's legion of fans. I didn't know he had one. Like they all attacked me when I made fun of Omar Kelly. There are people who like Omar Kelly. I, I couldn't believe it. Like I I think have you just noticed he has like some weird vendetta toward the Heat. Like he's going out of their way to say how bad they are, and I'm like, dude, you're they're underachievers. Congratulations! Like every day he like set like, and he doesn't give it any qualifiers or anything. And then I'm like, dude, what, what what's your problem? And he got mad. With, oh, okay. I think that's got a, mad. It was funny. <laughs> I think that's the thing with a lot of um, Dolphins beat writers. For some reason, they're just they're angry that their team's terrible. And everybody boring. loves that boring. the Heat. Yeah. The Dolphins are boring and not good, and they haven't won in forever. And the Heat have been good for for a long time. And now that they're having a down season, a lot of the beat writers, I feel like, are going, see, they suck too. Come watch the Dolphins. <laughs> I don't get it. It's weird. I'm like, what are you guys doing? It is a weird thing. Thing. Yeah, it, it's it's solely solely based on jealousy. There's no other reason to be uh, salty. But seriously, I don't anything he says. I if I ever agree with Omar Kelly, I feel really weird about myself. You like I have to go. You need a shower. I have like two showers. It's a really weird feeling to. Yeah. So, just oh the heater. The heater in good shape. We're fine. Like truthfully, 
uh, we were talking about earlier, but that last night of the season could not have went better for the Heat. Um, they got the, the, they'll likely have the pick. The Bulls won, who will give the Cavs a challenge. Um, the Pacers got knocked out. I hate the Pacers, so it was a, it was a good night for the Heat. I have, I have a I want to get to the pick in a second. And I have a follow-up for that Drogic question, which is, let's say you give Drogic the max or close to the max. Do you give Hassan the max? Are those two, are those two decisions married or are they not? Because then, oof, like... They're, like they're, not, they're not married to each other uh, because, because the salary cap is going to go up quite a bit in 2016. But you give them both the max. You give them both the max? If they want, if if that's what it'll take, yeah, I don't think you can let either guy leave. The Drogic thing is more about the picks you gave up. For me, I don't think you can give up. I know, I know. Listen, Riley doesn't like draft picks. Blah blah blah. Pick pick pick. I, you know, the Twitter debate. Jack loves draft picks. Look at him well, smiling. I'm with them. him. I'm with him too. I think if you if you draft well, it helps. I mean, the argument that the the Heat haven't drafted well, so they won't in the future, is a ridiculously stupid argument. I mean, if you translate that to anything else in life, it doesn't even make sense. So. My thing is, I think Drogic is one of the best point guards in the NBA. You you could pay Bosch at his salary at 24 a year. You could pay Drogic at 20 and what Hassan at max would be like at 15 or 16. You'd still have money. I'm assuming the salary cap's going to get up to 85, 90 million dollars. Reportedly, 100 million. So then, what are we what are we even arguing about? It's not going to be a big deal. There's still going to be guys that will take the vet minimum. You're still going to be able to get quality shooters at, at a price. And if if this draft pick, God, we need a shooter so bad. I've been looking at just who would fit into that range. Then you're Do you ta- want to get a young shooter, or would you rather get a guy who's played before? Because I think you're better off going for a young wing over a shooter. Well, I want a young wing that can shoot. Can I have it all? I mean, that's like. But those young wings that can shoot, they usually have to adjust to the NBA line, and it takes a second. Like, uh, I mean, Jack, I know that you're you're more into the development league stuff and, and all that. Like, how long does that take for guys who are coming out of college and coming out of the D league to to be like NBA ready shooters? Well, you're not drafting a Kyle Korver. There's no Kyle Korver in this draft that you can put on your team and he's immediately shooting 40% from beyond the arc. I think there are guys that can definitely develop into good shooters. I think Kelly Oubre, I don't know how to pronounce that, from Kansas. (laughs) He's got a nice release and eventually I think he'll be a really good shooter. I think RJ Hunter from... Coach Chair. Yeah. Um, Georgia State, right? Yep, you got it. Yeah. Um, he's going to be a good shooter eventually. I just think if you want a spot-up shooter in the draft right now, you're going to have to be patient with that. You don't draft guys expecting to fill that need immediately. But see, like, that's my thing. Like, they're in they're – in, like, you're on the back end of Wade's career, and, like, I, you – we don't know how long that's going to be. And, and so – and Drogic is what, – what is he, 30? Like, how old, is, how old is this guy? This guy is – this guy's 28 years old. So, you know, you, you, you're kind of in win-now mode, aren't you? Like, next year, I mean, it, it's the best time to try to win. So I don't know. That, that's yeah. my that's my only objection to that. No, no, no. no. So the the thing with Drogic is yes, he's thirty, but minutes wise, he's, he's not. Yeah, I'm sorry, he's he's twenty eight years old. Oh, he's twenty eight. All right, I thought he yeah, was twenty nine in a month. But minute but minute wise, he hasn't played a ton because coming up, he was behind um, uh, behind Nash, and you know, so the minute well, it he's wasn't good. until he's, his it wasn't until his 
fourth year that he started playing over 20 minutes. Yeah, so that's that, I think he has three less seasons than someone else who'd be at 28. On top of it, it is win-now mode for the Heat. They're going to bring everyone back next year. We're hoping Bosch comes back healthy, and they said it'll probably start tri- uh, being ready by September. And I, I, been, I was thinking about it in the shower where I'd do my best thinking. I mean, the, the Eastern Conference is it's about – Bad, awful, <laughs> atrocious. So it's not, it's going to be interesting next year because I think Heat are top three easily, maybe 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 higher than three, and all these teams are going to stay around. The Celtics will be good next year. I think Brooklyn will fall out, and maybe will the Pacers they be good next year. Or will they be just like okay next year? Because I don't I don't even think they're good now. Nah, I think I think they've they've done a really good job of what they have, and Brad Stevens is I like Brad Stevens as the coach, so I, I think. Uh, yeah, well, I think what I'm saying is I think. I think the Eastern Conference, as it is right now, is is almost set. Maybe you know, um, you got the Bucks. The Bucks will be getting Jabari Parker back. They're they're good. I'm saying the teams as they are will probably stay the same. The Heat probably plays the Nets, and then maybe the Pacers will replace someone else. But these are the teams there too. Who? The Knicks are going to have a lot of money as well. So yeah, they're garbage. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're garbage, Jack. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're but so that's what I'm, it is win now. Um, I don't know why everyone's loving Cleveland. I, I, there's just games. Look, they're they're an amazing offense. The, the trades they made turned out really well when I thought they were dumb. I mean, I'll admit that I didn't think they were good. Because like LeBron's really good. I think the J.R. Smith well, thing helped more than the Mozgov thing. To be honest with you, it's also going to be interesting to see what happens when they do this HGH testing next year. Because I'm convinced that LeBron's on HGH. <laughs> oh, convinced. There it is. There it that's, is. That's my sec- That's my second there hot take. Right. Um, convince, convince. You come down to Miami for two weeks and suddenly you're bigger, stronger, and better. Nah, HGH. That's what they call it. Jack, what's funny? <laughs> He's a hater. He's hating on LeBron. He's hating on Cleveland. I agree with him with the, on a point. I think Cleveland goes through lulls where they just ISO a ton and they don't look good. But when they're on, but they're, they're good at ISO. Great. Like, but that's every team. That's Miami the past four years when they were on they were on when they were off they were you know Cleveland's at. good at ISO though like I know that like we don't like ISO but like they ISO no, a lot of like the top five offense in the league like I know like I, I can like people say they're a bad offense because they ISO I'm like well, they're a good offense they just ISO like they're good at ISO like I don't know what they- I'm I'm not worried about their offense they're gonna score points I mean th- that's not the big issue the the issue with the Cavs is like. Their defense is shoddy, even even with getting Mozgov. I mean, it's not that great. You've seen games where teams just tear them apart. So well, you're depending wanna, on Mozgov. That's the problem. <laughs> right. I mean, like Mozgov is not his stats are good, but I don't see him as like this amazing you know defender. And so, yeah. I mean, well, I, I'm not. You guys are looking at stats. I'm just kind of I'm free balling here, but. Um, no, I really, I think, I think they're gonna have trouble. I think the Bulls are gonna give them a lot of trouble. Obviously, it always depends on if Derrick Rose is in a suit or not. And and uh, the the Hawks are a lot better than people think. I don't know why the Hawks get zero credit for. I mean, so what? They don't. They're saying they don't have a superstar, but what Al Horford does on the court is incredible, and they got a lot of pieces that play well together. I have two things to say about the one. The Hawks thing. All you need to know is. The Spurs just gutted Miami last year in the finals. The Hawks played the exact same way, and they can do the same thing to Cleveland this year. And, you know, just watch for that. And about the win-now thing you said earlier, well, it is a win-now mode. 
I think that's part of why you draft a high upside guy is because eventually with Wade leaving soon, you're going to want him to mentor a guy who can eventually take over the franchise with Hassan maybe. That's what I'm saying in a wing, like not necessarily a shooter, but like if you're going to invest the pick and like a a good wing that can actually, you know, be something down the line. Definitely. Uh, Oh, sorry, Jack. No, I was just going to say somebody who can – take over the franchise eventually or has potential to instead of a guy who just fills a need now. Or I mean, a partner for Hassan. Like, I think that yeah, that's what we should be looking at, like a, who's going to be a good partner for him down the road. Yeah, I think, like, when I say shooter, I know people are thinking, ah, you just get a guy that can literally shoot the ball. No, I, I want a guy that can do a lot of things, but being able to shoot the three is vital to the Heat team. We had zero spacing when Bosch went out, and so the ability to shoot and make the three ball is crucial for whoever the pick is. Who, so that's that's what I mean when I say a shooter. Well, the game's changing so much that, like, you kind of need a guy who can shoot. I mean, now, like, you kind of have to shoot off the dribble. That's It's kind of getting to that point, right? Like, you need to have a guy that can shoot off the dribble and defend. If not, teams aren't going to look at you. Like, you can be as talented as you. Like, look at, look at Beasley. Like, Beasley's an offensive talent. And probably a couple years ago, Beasley might be getting big minutes on a good team. But nowadays, in an era of pace and space ball and really athletic defensive guys, like let's look at the look at the Sixers and look what the Bucks are doing, right? Like I know that we can laugh at them, but they're just getting guys who can shoot who are really, really long and really, really fast, really, really athletic. Like have you seen that? I mean, you guys see those teams like they're they're extraterrestrials. Like how long their arms are, they're all tall. Like it's just that's where the league is going, and you're gonna need to. I hope they can catch on and, and say we're gonna need a guy like that going forward. Well, if there's a Greek freak in this draft, I want him. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> who? But there's not. Once in a generation, or, you know, once in the history of the world, there's a guy like Antetokounmpo coming out. He's baby Durant. Yeah, he's baby Durant, but... I mean, you guys might laugh at me, but I think every team needs like a Damari Carroll, man. I think that's that's the perfect guy you need. You need a guy that can can take the other guy's best... Yo, you can take the other guy's the best defender and do your best to make him struggle. You don't. There's a, this lockdown defender thing is ridiculous. You can't lock down NBA players, but you can make them struggle, make them work. I, I don't know. Kawhi, Kawhi's putting that theory to the test. Yeah, Kawhi's a fucking Adam. Don't get me started. That guy's. I. I. And I've been wrong on Kawhi. Like I said. I mean, I. I don't even know if you give him the max yet or whatever. But like, man, that guy's really good at defense. Like he's, you give Kawhi whatever he wants. You, you guys are so afraid of the max. The max is giving I'm to a lot of, of guys. I'm afraid of giving Kawhi the max. Like, I, do you trust Kawhi to get you a shot down the stretch? Like, I don't. Do you? Like a good one. Well, eventually, I think. Eventually, the like, that's, a, to give him that's a lot of money for eventually. Well, down the road with the, with the new TV deal, the. Max is going to look a lot better, and about. Are you there? Did he freeze? We lost Did him. Lose him. Hello. Uh, oh. Jack. Harrison. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Do you guys... cut off? Yeah. Keep going. All right. I was going to say about Goron. I'm not afraid of giving him the max. I'm just saying, you think about it. Just think of what his future with the team is because at this age, this is about the age when Steve Nash joined the Suns and changed that franchise for forever. Just those. They changed basketball, really. Mike D'Antoni. Like they ushered in this whole pace and space spread yeah. and roll. 
that is and Jonathan, that's what the Heat that's what the Heat used to to really model their offense the last four years. Yeah, I think Goran. I'm not afraid of giving him the max. I think with the new TVE deal, those contracts will look a lot better than they do, like right now. But I just think if you're asking me right now, do I want to give Hassan max money? If it's an either or situation, do I want to give Hassan all the money or do I want to give Goran all the money? I say Hassan every day, and that's not. Oh, I'd want to give Hassan the money as well. I, I heard yeah, that's you, not you, me discrediting Goran, but that position's more important. That guy's more rare. It's a point. There are so many point guards in the NBA who can well be productive. And, you know, you say that guy, and I, I'm thinking about it now. Like. We're in a new era. I mean, I just uh, Hassan more for his age. I mean, he's three years younger, but is a big more important today than that guy? Than an, I mean, I don't know if if Grajic, if Hassan. I mean, Hassan has the potential thing, but like, is a is a center more important than a point guard nowadays? Like, um, I don't actually know. Still, so not sure how to exactly answer your question because I don't know if there are less centers than point guards and so from just a business theory like you kind of want the rarer commodity uh Hassan changes the game defensively which was big for the Heat when he came in this year you could see how much better the team was defensively when he was on the floor and how he actually stopped everything wanna, at the now that you say that I want to cite a number that I, I wanted to get to before for guys that average over a, a block and a half a game Hassan is seventh in the league in field goal percentage at the rim at 46 percent you know that's pretty good for a guy that is aggressive at the rim for a guy that tries to block shots he's seventh in the league in field goal percentage at the rim and the only guys ahead of him are like Gobert, Ibaka, Bogut, Hibbert, Noel, uh, you know really good guys. No, no see that's what I agree with Jack and I agree with you if you're saying you can have Hassan or you can have Goron then you go with Hassan but I really think if you're talking about what figures to be maybe a hundred million dollar cap you can have it all I know you normally can and that's just a cliche but uh, you can you can have you can have Bosch at the max you can have Hassan at the max and you can have uh, Goran at the max. Wade will take the pay cut necessary to stick around if he still wants to play after the contract's over. And you can build around those three guys plus Wade at the end of his career. Um, you can. And and you could be a successful team and you could talk about getting back to the finals. So, listen, I think you could do some creative negotiating and not make it the max and kind of show them that with the, with the tax, with the no uh, state tax here, you could really – it's beneficial to stay. Um, but I'm not afraid of giving the max. And teams give max to players all the time that don't necessarily deserve it, and it, and you can make it work. It's if you need to keep the guy, you need to pay a little extra. It's just the way it is. That's business. That's business. I want to I want to close out the show with something that's going to happen in the future, but something that I I think I I don't know who was writing about it about Durant to Miami. I think it was Bill Simmons, and uh, obviously it's not a reporter or anything. It's just Bill Simmons doing Bill Simmons things. But I mean. The like, not that we can really put a percentage on it, but what do you think is the likelihood that that might happen? And again, this is a year in the future, and it's the end of the year, and this year sucked, and we just want to have a fun conversation. But what do you think? What do you think of that? I'll Less than one percent. Huh? Less than one percent, and that's me being. Less than one percent. I think he. I would not be. My mind wouldn't be blown if it happened because Pat Riley is so amazing and it's great. But it's just 
he cares so much about his public image, and coming to Miami would ruin that. What? It would. You saw what happened to LeBron. If they don't win. If they don't win. People would hate him for that. And I think he stays in OKC or he goes to Washington. And I'd put maybe the third option would be Miami. But that's so much farther down than those top two. I'd put it at less than 1%. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jack. I don't know about that low, but my feeling was Durant to Miami kind of was – I was thinking about it when we cleared everything for 2016. Now with the probably Goran and Hassan staying and money, the money's not going to be there. Durant's going to want – I mean with the cap, I don't know what the max is going to be. It could be $30, $35 million. So but I, if you really want to hear my third and final hot take of the day, um, there, let's go. I think I – think, I think Durant will stay in OKC. I was thinking Washington was an option. Oh, that's I think they, Jack. I mean, no, 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 hold on, hold on. You gotta let me finish. You gotta let me finish my hot take. I think, I think, uh, I think uh, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love are gonna go play for the Lakers. I think that's my that's my hot take. Uh, I, think, I think they're going home, uh, but I think Durant will stay. And so, yeah, I think Love's gone after this year. I don't think the Cavs are winning, and I don't think he wants to stick around. And I mean, he's less than the third wheel. People made fun of Bosch and everything that happened to him, but. But Love's been completely – they just took a dump on him this season, sitting in the fourth quarter, all that stuff. Love's leaving, probably going to L.A. He'll have to stick around with Kobe for one year, and then he's it's his team, and they'll bring over Russell Westbrook, which what he played with in college. Year. That'd be a long year, man. I'm just telling you. I, that, that's my uh, that's my final hot take. Can we talk about how, uh, how Jack is no fun because he doesn't like Westbrook? I don't like mid-range. You don't like – I don't like his – I don't like pulling up – for jumpers that you're terrible at, I like him. It's fun. I don't that much. It's not that much fun. I'm it's fun guy. Guy. awful when he's off. No, I'm with that Jack. Guy. I'm not. I'm not a big Westbrook fan either. Oh. No, 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 he's Westbrook is the most oh. athletic. Listen, listen. Westbrook's the most athletic player in the NBA. Period. End of story. There's no. There's no one else. The most athletic human being on earth. Maybe it's possible, but uh, but but his but he's not the smartest basketball player, and that bothers me. I think there's a lot of things where again he's he's pulling up. He's he's not making the right pass. Him and Durant are constantly like. That's why I think he's leaving because he like. Whatever he tells you, I know he wanted to make the playoffs. Uh, Westbrook loved this last part of the season without Durant. Loved it. You could Nobody see it. He had more fun than Westbrook. And so until they didn't make it, until they didn't make it, because he didn't look very happy. No, but he loved man the triple doubles Jack, every night. The uses. Why are you making faces? I Jack. Why are you making uh, faces, man? Well, I don't necessarily agree with him. I don't want to be put in the camp that I don't. I think Westbrook is highly effective. He's an elite level player. One of the best in the NBA, and I, Miami would be lucky to have him on the team. That said, I hate watching him. That would be the greatest thing in my That's life. Like, my <laughs> life would be complete if no. Russell was escape. Um, nah, it would just be he'd he'd be my Chalmers part two, man. Oh my god, just, he's so fun. <laughs> I just like I I don't know. I like watching him. Like just let him run around and do it. Like he's like Nova. He does whatever he wants. It's great. He's a talent. He's an ultra talented athletic Chalmers. I'll, I'll no, put no, it. yeah, no. yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's don't even get. We need to end this before Mario Chalmers gets started. Yeah. We have to. No, no, listen. <laughs> we we. <laughs> uh, there are so many things that we we could probably do an entire show on Chalmers. 
Uh, that man. I, I just I, I can't believe he's I still like here. Him. I like him. I'm in the unpopular opinion that I like him. He's great. Oh my god, guys! Um, we might never have to do this again after that. I mean, it's just listen. You can't. Right, I, 30, Thirty seconds on Chalmers. Go. Super duper talented guy. Um, at the same time, maybe the dumbest basketball player I've ever watched in my life. Um, and have his name Kwame Brown. Yeah, I remember these guys. No, no, no seriously. I'm, I, that's not. That's my. I guess that's my fourth and final hot take. And because of his stupidity, it leads to so many issues. The the Chalmers special is the turnover and dump foul. I mean, it's just the Chalmers special. So no, no, it's jumping into the pump fake. What are you talking about? But I mean, there's so many. Seriously, that guy. Uh, hopefully, one more year. I'm hoping 2016 will be the end of Mario Chalmers. I thought it was going to be 2014, but Jack, what's your favorite Chalmers mistake? <laughs> Chalmers mistake. I like him. I'm all for him. He makes obvious mistakes on the floor, but I think he's definitely been effective for Miami. He's Mr. Clutch. He's Mario effing Chalmers. He's Clutch. putting up 25 points in playoff games. He's saving it. Oh, sorry. You just called Chalmers Mr. Clutch. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Never. I'm gonna, I want to close out the show. Um, Chalmers is in the top ten in fouls. Where do you think he ranks? In total fouls? In total fouls. He's in the top ten. Where do you think he ranks? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and say lucky number six. Okay, Jack, what do you say? I'm going to say fourth. He is fourth. Wow. And, by the way, he's only trailing uh, third place, which is Draymond Green, by two fouls, and second place Giannis by three fouls. So had he played in that final game, he very, very well may have gone to second place. That's <laughs> Someone needs to show him that's that stat and then slap him across the face. Out of all the stats, and I did a I did a I did a manifesto on Dwayne Wade and a bunch of that is my favorite stat of the year. Mario Chalmers, fourth and fouls. That's absurd. I believe he's the only point. He's the only guard in the top twenty. Of course, it doesn't even. Wow. He's the Dude. only guard in the top twenty. I'm not kidding. If you want to do it, you can do it. Hand him the stat sheet and then slap him across the face. That's the only. It's the only way it makes any sense. How is he the only guard in the top twenty? And he's like a lot more than other guys. Like more than Hibbert. Uh, I mean, Demar. He has more fouls than Demarcus Cousins. All right, I'll say it again because it seems it doesn't mean to sink okay. you guys. He he is the dumbest basketball player I've ever seen play, and that's why oh, that makes yeah. that's, that makes sense. Not the dumbest. I mean, hold on, wait a second. He's teammates with Michael Beasley. He's not even the dumbest guy in his locker room. Look, Beasley's more of a goofball, right? I mean, uh, he's like a lovable goof, but uh, but Chalmers is a dummy. Okay, last thing. Promise, la- real last thing. <laughs> last, 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 last. Does Beasley stay? Yes or no? Harrison, you first. Um. Yeah, Beasley will stick around. I didn't love his game after he signed the after he signed the after the two ten day contracts. I thought he got a little lazy, but he showed that he can play. He can play defense. Um, the ability to shoot and yeah, he's a he's a you know he's a tenth to twelfth man on this team. He'll be here next year. All right, Jack, is he staying? Yes or no? That's hard to say. Depends on how the off season plays out. I think they might need him just for offense if they don't have if they don't bring in any in any shooters they might need him depends on who they draft i'm gonna say yes because i love beasley i hope love so. beasley 
He's just a character. He's awesome. He's a goofball. Riley loves him, man. He's stick. He's sticking around. Yeah, they'll never. Uh, I want to admit one thing to both of you specifically and to the listeners. I was wrong about James Ennis. Yeah, you were. Uh, I'll eat that one. I was wrong. Yeah. I think I told Jack multiple times and you, Harrison, that he's not a good player. He's not an NBA player, and I had to eat that one. You, you and my dad, man, I've been saying, God, give him a break. It's 25 games into his career. Just, I mean, the guy's an athletic freak. He needs to work on his shot, needs to work on his dribbling, but he said that himself, and Ennis will have, Ennis will have a pretty nice career. The jury's still out on him, but I think – He's proven he that a lot. he can contribute. He improved a lot. And just give him time. All right, guys. I thank you very much. we got to do it again. This was a lot of fun. And um, for all of you listening, um, you know, Brian, Brian's really busy. Brian actually got a job at the Orlando Sentinel. So, yay, Brian. Good for him. So he's not going to be doing the podcast as often. Um, probably the offseason we're going to do a couple more. And regular season next year, we're really going to do a weekly podcast. Uh, I'll do it with or without Brian. And we'll have guests like Jack and Harrison and, as you guys have heard before, Alex Solana. So we're going to get a rotating panel of guys on the show. Uh, also, the website, I don't know if you guys have known this, we're relaunching. We actually hired a professional web designer. So um, we're going to relaunch the website hopefully uh, in the off season. And um, just remember, if you are interested in writing, you know you can tweet me or email me. Guys, you want to give out your Twitter handles before we go? At Alfonso Hoops. A-L-F-O-N-S. Harrison, you're going to have to spell yours. Yeah, mine's uh, at HL Citrin, so it's uh, H-L-C-Y-T-R-Y-N. That's it. I'll, I'll include those in the descriptions. Guys, thank you very much. It's been uh, it's been an interesting, an interesting season uh, for good and for bad, but it was uh, a lot of fun. Thank you guys again for writing for the site. These are like the two – they're the OGs. They're the OGs. <laughs> All right, guys, so take right. care, and I'll uh, we'll see talk to you guys again in the offseason. All right. Thanks for having us. No problem. Thanks. Later, guys. Bye. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.